3: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
4: All right, this is David Waters with Gators Breakdown. I am going to edit this part of the podcast before the original recording. I uh, just talked to Nick Evers' mom, Monica Evers, uh and we you know we had her on Gator's breakdown her and Nick Evers are back in the summer uh right, not not long after he committed to Florida, uh, but with the news of the D commitment, of course. You know, I wanted to get Gator's breakdown plus members thoughts so and we had a conversation. So that's what the rest of this episode will be, but I will fill in uh, you know, there were some not knowing reasons why uh, the decommitment happened I just talked to Monica I will place it at the beginning of this episode So you guys don't have to wait around uh, for, for, for that Still, listen. There's still some good conversation uh, About all of this situation uh, Later on in this episode But I did want to do a quick revision And throw this in at the beginning of it To give you guys the latest update uh, Of what's going on uh, For the Gators right now So This is coming from Monica Evers uh, Here And Nick Her son, Nick Evers, could have committed uh, next Wednesday. That was still in the plans uh, when the visit took place. Uh, Napier likes Nick. Um, The feedback was a unique arm talent, the ability to make plays with his legs as well. Uh, The opportunity was there. If he wanted to stay committed and uh, sign with Florida on early signing day, next Wednesday, but it ultimately came down to chemistry. The chemistry um, was, well, it was not there. He did not feel like the first interaction. It did not feel like the first interaction with Mullen and McGee you know, from the previous staff, uh, but did kind of wonder, you know, if it is because of all the timing and all the change that's going on, was that where some of the feelings were coming from? But with the decision for early signing day looming and that feeling of the first interaction not being um, as good as they wanted it to be and the timing of all the change that they felt it was best to decommit uh, with the uncertainty of the feelings there. He was asked to mull it over, uh, Monica and, and his dad, Derek, asked him to mull it over, but he ultimately came to the decision with the way he felt and the decision being made uh, next week, um, You know, needing to be made next week, that it was just going best to go ahead And go ahead and decommit. There's a lot of talk out there of if another quarterback being pursued, maybe played into this a bit. They were always aware of that potential, even with the previous staff, even though it was never really brought up in conversation uh, between Mullen and McGee about going to get another quarterback. They knew that potential was already there. It was not going to scare them away uh, from going to Florida. Napier was asked, is Nick your guy? For this class and Napier was saying they plan on getting another quarterback uh, in addition to uh, what they already have whether that be through the transfer portal or whether that be another quarterback but that ultimately did not play into the decision of decommitting for Nick Evers but there's an update for you guys of maybe some of the plans that we're seeing uh, from, from, from Billy Napier so expect definitely now. Maybe another quarterback uh, coming in uh, because of the decommitment. But one, it looks like there was going to be another one on the way anyway, but not part of the reason of the Evers, uh, of uh, Nick Evers decommitting uh, from Florida. So, uh, let me going through my notes here to kind of get you guys uh, up to date here. Um, Monica said her and Derek did not want to influence Nick's decision with some of the questions that they were going to ask uh, Napier and O'Hara who was on the visit with him um, they did not want to influence with, with with their type of questioning and it was going to be some hard questions he said but they did not want to influence Nick's decision so they held off on the questions of being asked uh, right there in front uh, of of Nick and the staff uh so it was they wanted this they wanted this decision to be ultimately his based off of his feelings and ultimately his decision was made uh based off of that so Uh, They just felt the communication uh, overall is not there either, you know, for uh, the communication from the staff just in general uh, in, in in how all of the recruiting is playing out. Uh, Not necessarily good or bad, just different, With all the change going on. So just different, the fundamental differences and said, not good or bad, just different. It's different right now with everything going on. So, Um, That's you know communication that's been a hot topic out there some current commits not hearing from Florida targets not hearing from Florida uh, right now, so um, They you know they kind of took that to heart as well not necessarily good or bad Just different uh, from from what they were used to and you know what they I guess expected uh, at this point as well they did Speak of some good uh, here on, on Billy Napier. Um, that that communication part's not necessarily a hit either. It's just not what they they, they want at this time. Uh, but they do say he, do say he has a well thought out plan and process. As far as every recruit, every current player will be evaluated, and that will take time. Uh, what is it's the ultimate ultimately what comes down to what's best for the organization. That's what's driving every decision uh, Billy Napier is making. The big plan will take time and you know they, they share their thoughts that Gator Nation deserves to see deserves to see this plan succeed. They hope it still does. Uh, just will not include. Uh, Nick Evers in those plans, but they, they, they really like the plan. They like the process. It's a grandiose plan uh, that, they, that they know Florida needs to put together, that Billy Napier is leading the charge, uh, that everybody <laughs> needs to be involved. of some things we have talked about uh, the last few weeks here as far as this coaching change goes, but the valuation process will take some time. It will be very well thought out from Billy Napier. Uh, and then uh, to end this, uh, Nick Evers will not consider Florida in the next week with early signing day next week the uh, other schools are going to be visiting uh, Nick Evers and I plainly asked if Florida is still in the plans and a quote from Nick's mom Monica says Florida is not in the plans so there we go there's the latest updates uh, of what happened between the communication and the decommitment of Nick Evers from the Florida Gators and brand new head coach Billy Napier. Uh, so we'll see where this goes from there. Uh, a lot of conversation coming uh, here on this uh, Gators Breakdown episode that will follow this quick update that I threw in at the beginning for you guys after talking to the family or talking to Monica there about uh, the, the decision. So um, sad to see him go. You know, Gator Nation had a really good relationship uh, with the Evers. Uh, but you know we'll see you know hopefully it works out for them. hopefully this works out for Florida. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, respect on both sides uh, of where this goes uh, from myself and from them that they, they handled the whole process about as well as you could. Uh, we knew and a lot of changes could come from making a coaching change. You didn't know where necessarily that change was going to go. But the biggest one so far, the biggest storyline so far is the decommitment of quarterback Nick ever. So, all right, that will lead you in to this guy, uh, lead you in to the rest of this episode for you guys. I know a lot of people out there are used to the spaces uh, that we put out a couple of times a week, but uh, I'm going to do this for my Gators breakdown plus members out there. Uh, So very similar format to what you get on that, but more, uh, a benefit for being a Gators Breakdown Plus members with this hot news of the decommitment of quarterback Nick Evers from the University of Florida. Um, day after, <laughs> uh, brand new head coach Billy Napier makes the visit to Evers and look, there have been phone call conversations uh, and then finally a visit in person on Tuesday. And then a day later, we get the news of uh, uh, of Evers decommitting from the University of Florida. And look, uh, also on the heels of very positive reviews of that visit from his dad, uh, his mom, Monica, joined us on the Gator Collective uh, uh, Twitter Spaces last night and, and gave a you know pretty glowing review of the uh, of the visit as well. Uh, so it comes on the hills of that, and part of that's probably a bigger part of the surprise is because of when it happened. Now, of course, it was probably going to happen after a visit, after conversations, but then we heard the glowing reviews of the visit. So that think that's where a lot of the surprise comes in uh, because of the reviews there. But we don't know what was said uh, there. I do think it can be. There can be glowing reviews of the approach of Billy Napier and everything he was telling them, and he may have told them the truth, and that might be where a lot of this is coming from. Hey, you can stay committed. I'm going to go after other quarterbacks, and if you know, if you don't like that, then we can, you know, then then something can happen there, um, or you know, it could have just been a plane. We're going to go in another direction. I don't know. The pure conversation there, I don't think anybody knows right now the pure conversation. Uh, I think a lot of the thought out there might be there may be another quarterback to go after. Not telling ever to decommit. You can stay in this class if you want to, but we are going to pursue other quarterbacks at the same time. Also, brand new staff. Now, Monica, as mom did mention, look, we're getting ready to hand our kid off to a brand new staff that, you know, we've only known for a few days. It sounds like that was still the plan, but it does sound like they may have come together at some point late on Tuesday to make the decision that Evers was going to decommit uh, from the University of Florida. So I'll bring uh, some of you guys in here now for for, for that reaction and uh, maybe where Florida goes next as well. But uh, whoever wants to jump in uh, right here, go right away. I know uh, emotions on both sides, hot and testy.
1: Don't forget C.J. Smith.
4: Yeah, another. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's you know another big picture thing. You know, there's a lot of decommits out there. And I think here's 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 the base of it. This is not Dan Mullen's team anymore. I think you know, right we we start right there. It doesn't matter who was committed before. This is not Dan Mullen's class. This is not Dan Mullen's team anymore. So we can't be surprised. Ultimately, from what we heard from Billy Napier the other day at his opening press conference, this is going to take some time. This is going to be a process. This is going to take some patience. He doesn't have to take anybody that was already committed. I think you know we kind of gloss over that and forget about that. Yes, he has to put a class together, but he's not obligated to keep anybody on the current commit list.
1: While that's true, and this is Bull Gator, while that's true, you'd think that he would like to keep a number of kids who are at least in the top 300. You know, Bill Sykes commented this morning that, you know, Dan Mullen went after low-hanging fruit. But when you take a kid who's a four star, high four-star, that's not low-hanging fruit. That's somebody that everybody wanted, except for maybe like a Azaria Thomas, if I'm pronouncing it right, that didn't have a really impressive commit list in spite of the fact that he had a lot of stars. But it's surprising
4: it, it definitely you is know, surprising. Uh, well, I guess, get what, what it means for me, there may be ultimately some system fit things. And look, there also a timeline could play into this. He could say, you know, look, I want to take my time. You know, I, Nick Evers, I may like you, I may love you, but I don't know enough yet. And if Evers wants to early enroll, if they am I'm, I'm assuming here, guys, so let me put that out there first. Um, there could have been, hey, I don't, you know, especially at the quarterback position, I need more time. And look, early signing day is coming up. Players making their way to campus for January is coming up. If he wanted to take some time, that could be another aspect of this as well. Saying, so well, well, we want to early enroll. We're ready to go to college wherever. And maybe timeline plays into this a bit as well.
5: This is no. Um... I'm one of the ones that's freaking out a little bit right now. You know, seeing a lot of good things from Billy Napier, and now we're starting to trend on some what I think are negative things. That being said, I will try to take the most positive of this situation is that the coaching carousel very well may allow Billy to take his time and still have a decent class. We'll see.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, LSU doesn't have a staff together right now either. <laughs> so, and I and I, I don't know if their fans are freaking out either uh for for I don't, you know, of, of course don't follow them that close. I probably would be following that a little bit closer if everything wasn't going on out Florida right now. Uh but you know, they they don't have a staff together either uh and Brian Kelly, you know, steps in with not a lot of recruiting ties either uh to 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 that state, so I think we have to see how that plays out as well, but um you know, it's um First of all, you know the the average family. I've uh, w- w- had him on Gators breakdown, of course, Ma, and Mom Monica and and Nick when he was committed. That was back in the summer. Uh, so no, we got we got to know that family pretty good over the the the, the last few months. And I don't think the decision was made lightly uh, at all. I think there was a lot of thought, probably on both sides. Uh, from from Billy Napier and 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 him and the the, the Everest family, uh, I don't think we can blame anybody here either way uh, for for the way this is going to play out here. Uh, it's unfortunate. Don't get me wrong. You know, Bull Gator mentioned it, it is a top recruit. Of course, you you want to see top recruits. So maybe system fit comes into play. Uh, maybe we're getting more of an idea of the type of system fit Billy Napier wants. Like as I said, it could be because of timing. I I don't think we know the full answers here uh, of why. Uh, this decommitment happened, whether it be system fit, whether it just be timing, whether it be more, um, you know, as far as timing goes, time to evaluate or time on the ever side of trying to go to class, go to school uh, sometime soon. I think there's a lot of factors here that we still look. This is pretty much an instant reaction. I went to bed early last night. This is what I woke up to. So imagine my phone, you know, I, I, I have sleep mode on my phone and stuff. So I don't get uh, woken up with uh, all, all kind of crazy texts and stuff. My phone would have been vibrating like crazy last night. I woke up and saw all the notifications. So I completely woke up to this. So it is kind of a couple hour instant reaction here of just kind of go through and everything while we get my daughter ready for school. Uh, So uh, a lot of this... We will figure out a lot more as this Wednesday probably goes through of what happened. I'll reach out to Monica and and see if I can get more on it as well. She's been pretty open uh, about the whole process and maybe we'll get more info uh, as far as that goes. I know a lot of Gator Nation will want that info uh, out there and whether they're willing to share it, we'll see. Uh, But there's still a lot more to this, I think, before we completely overreact. Yeah,
1: there are a couple... There were a couple of great quotes on um, Twitter this morning, like uh, everybody wants the culture until it's time to pay for the culture. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what this is. This is paying for it because I, I guess like a lot of people, I, people are tired of Dan Mullen type recruits. Kids that don't want to, you know, fight for their coaches, you know, they're all like whining, please don't. Please retain this coach or that coach. And you ask, ask, well, if you wanted him so bad, why didn't you play a little harder? Why didn't you push back the other side of the line a little bit when you're playing the game? And maybe we're going for a different type of kid, a kid who's going to work a little harder. That seemed to be what Napier said in his uh, in his opening press conference, that he they want somebody, you know, who they're all in.
4: b Will, were you uh, going to say something?
1: Yeah, I was just curious.
0: Um, I'm sure this conversation is going to make its way back to Nick Evers a couple times throughout this process mm-hmm. that we're going through today. But like, uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to read the post that he um, put on Twitter. Uh, There's a couple of things that kind of stuck out to me. The first one where he said, I want to thank Coach Napier for allowing me to be a small part of his vision. And then the second part that was kind of highlighted to me is when he said, I'm hoping to find my new path. He emphasized the word quickly. I know if you might have like an opinion on that or if you'd even seen it yet this morning.
4: Oh uh, Yeah, I, I did see that. Good point. Uh, the small part of the, the, you know, the Napier quote there, I, I'm going to assume I'll go back to the word timing. You know, just OK. Napier just comes in and I, I'm, I'm going to assume small part just means everything's happening so fast. And, you know, a two and a half hour meeting is a small part of what's just happened so far. I think that's one way to take it. I I don't necessarily know if it's a direct shot um, per se. Maybe that's not the best word for it either, but uh, knowing what we know from that family, I'm going to just assume it wasn't a, a negative connotation towards Napier. I just think it meant, you know, as far as timing, everything's happening so fast. It's just a small part of what has happened so far. Gotcha. Thanks, Dave. That, that, that's how I'm taking it. I could, I could be completely off base uh, with, with that. Maybe I'm looking too positively <laughs> at the whole situation. Uh, but uh, that's just that, no. that, that's how I take it. Just kind of knowing that family. Uh, I, I, I don't think it was a shot. Gotcha.
0: And I guess we probably won't know until it actually comes out with further reports or um, maybe something.
4: Yeah, no I ways. just got a message from Monica. She wants to know if I can talk. So I just messaged her back. So I'll see if I can get some time in on that. And I'll see if she allows me to share anything uh, with that. As I said, they've been pretty open with the whole process. It probably won't matter. Um, but you know, I won't share any private info, of course, if they won't let me. Uh, but I'll see what she can give me that I can share. So, Hey, can I throw something out there?
1: Yeah, go ahead.
3: Taylor, I... Uh... I just think it's funny. You said, hey, we got to be patient. Transition classes are usually pretty bad. Bill said the same thing. I think Will said the same thing. Napier said the same thing at his press conference, not about transition classes, but just everyone be patient. And now we're three days in and the sky is falling. (laughs) I mean, this whole thing is going to take a lot of time. We saw Mullen take, you know, on paper elite recruits that couldn't even make it into school because they had bad grades, end up at JUCO. I mean – this whole process is going to... We also only have two staff members hired. Right. I mean, this is so early in the, in this entire process that I just think everybody needs to calm down. And also, this is not like... I think Nick Evers is a, is a solid quarterback, but he was also like Mullen's fourth or fifth choice. I mean, if you look at like the top... I know we went after Cade Clubnick, uh, Connor Weigman. We went after a lot of guys and whiffed on all of them before ending up on Nick Evers. So, I'm not it's he's not Trevor Lawrence you know I'm, I'm not The sky's not falling for me but that's just my thoughts on it
4: yeah as I said you know it is uh it, it's this is not Dan Mullen's team anymore this is not Dan Mullins class anymore uh this is Billy Napier's vision uh going and as you said you know a little bit of patience uh coming along with this as well and like I, this this is a to me in a way From what we know about the culture and everybody talks about accountability and that that word's been thrown around a whole lot the last couple of days uh, from some of the behind the scenes stuff that we've heard about Mullen and and his tenure really dating back to, you know, uh, late 2020 and the the parking ticket fiasco and all that kind of stuff that's coming out about accountability a little bit right now. I mean, this is to me going it is going to be a cultural rebuild and that may take uh, t- take some time as well i know a lot of people are going to look for instant results and a lot of people are going to look at dan Mullen having double digit wins mm-hmm. in his first couple seasons and you know okay well i can't you know B- billy nippy better hit the ground running he better be winning double digit games as well well first of all the schedule's tough and then i do think you know a complete mental rebuild is gonna is going to be made i expect the transfer portal to be hit kind of hard uh, there, maybe even similar to a Michigan state model uh, that we saw this past, uh, this past cycle uh, of uh, going in, you know, maybe a smaller class, filling it up in the transfer portal, maybe for a somewhat of a quicker turnaround to, to fill some holes there. I don't think that will ultimately be the, the way of building this team. I don't think Napier would build a team that way, but I do think initially that could be a part of uh, the, the, this class, but also, I think, you know, when when just looking at it, I mean, we heard the quotes uh, from, from Billy Napier. He is going to do it his way. He is going, and I think that's probably the best way uh, of going about this. Uh, and with that way, it is going to take some time. And one more thing about this, you know, we've never seen a coaching carousel like this out there in college football. It's never happened like this with so many big name programs, switching coaches. And that means... Uh, I think, a slower move on staff members. I think the NFL's got to play out as well. I think there's going to be some NFL guys that are going to be on this staff so that's going to be part of this too but we've never seen a coaching carousel out there like this everybody is out there fighting for coaches everybody's looking at assistant coaches so there's going to be some assistant coaches taking advantage of this and not making rash decisions quick decisions uh, I think Billy Napier has some people in mind uh, that, that he wants to bring on uh, and that's going to take some time as well but I think with this coaching carousel it may not go as fast as everybody wants that part of it to, to go either
3: yeah, and if the rumors are true that he's able that he's looking at two or three guys from the NFL coming to Florida, that's huge. If you're able to pluck guys from the league, but it's gonna be three or four more weeks until they're on campus. So everyone's just gonna have to kind of calm down and wait it out. I think it's
0: a I think it's a big point to bring up too. I remember we talked for a while, like one of the first things we need Billy to do whenever he gets here is is get with a lot of these recruits and let's try and push this back to national signing day, right? Yeah, let's go ahead and day and whoever can get on the ground fastest running and now like let's say for instance if a school or if a kid might have been considering to go to school in florida and we we're saying hey push it back national signing day push it back push it back and now you've got seven or eight different coaches around the country probably telling that same kid the same thing and it probably becomes a lot more realistic that we have a chance to probably make that late push
4: yeah that's gonna be a, a big part of this as well and look i i Seeing how this is playing out and, and, and kind of quickly, uh, I, I don't expect a huge class. What, maybe just, I'm going to 15, 18 guys, maybe. Uh, that's just a pure guess right now. Uh, like I said, th- and this thing is moving fluid. Uh, this thing is moving so fast. Like, you know, never expected this. I never expected to wake up to this kind of news this morning, especially after what we were hearing yesterday after the visit. So there's, I mean, there's no telling where the next storyline is uh, with this. You know, to, uh, speaking of storylines and, you know, where this is kind of going as well. Um, now we'll say uh, what, what will happen next? I think that's part of this storyline as well. Uh, what are people looking at, you know, quarterback uh, in this class, would there be a quarterback in this class? Um, that could be part of the reasoning of a decommitment here. Quarterback Walker Howard, names come up as well from the state of Louisiana has been close to Billy Napier before. Of course, he's not going to Louisiana. He's a five-star quarterback. Connections to LSU as well, committed uh, to LSU. I reached out to my LSU friend Blake, uh, who I have on the podcast previewing LSU uh, every er, for the last couple seasons here, and I asked him, you know, just hopeful. Is, is this just a hope? Any truth? Walker Howard could be looking around. Of course, this is coming from the LSU side, so I'll, I'll put that out there. He says slim chance he looks around. Uh, he goes, there could be. He goes, part of the slim chance, he, why he won't completely shut the door on it. The high, The coordinator hire at LSU will probably play a big role if he does not like that hire. But he is already making plans and doing things to sign an early enroll at LSU. So there's things in place. He's going to have things in place. Look, Ever, Evers was doing the same thing. All the plans were there to early enroll at Florida, making plans so things can change. We see how quickly things can change. Uh, but I do expect Billy Napier to, to stay on him. There is a connection there. Uh, but I am letting you guys know, I, I did send out a, a text this morning from my LSU, from, from my LSU guy, Blake, uh, that that's the status of, uh, of Walker Howard right now. So we'll, we'll, we'll definitely look and see who you know what, what kind of offers are being made, what kind of visits are being made. I mean, the, there's the word that uh, while Billy was in – Louisiana on Monday that he could have visited Walker Howard at, at, at that point so I think there's a lot of moving pieces here but I know that's the hot name out there I think one we should still keep an eye on for Walker Howard uh, but I'm just letting you guys know from the LSU side of things that's how they view it
1: in your opinion
5: Dave how good or bad or, or indifferent would you be if we don't have a quarterback in the inaugural class
4: good question um not, not, not that bad. Honestly, you have you have AR next year. Hopefully, hopefully healthy. So that, of course, plays a part in this. Um, then you have Del Rio and Kitna. Now, are those guys fit for Napier? I, I, I don't know. Uh, looking at, um, not mm. pursuing Evers. You know, I, I guess we can really question what type of quarterback does he uh, does he want. And as I said, it, it, it could be nothing to do with system fit. It could just be timing. It could just be he wants to evaluate him more. So that gives you three quarterbacks on the roster right now. Um, and I, I guess I'm not including Emory. But still, even if Emory is part of that equation, even after, he'll, he'll be going after next year. So we're only... If he's on the squad, only one year of him anyway. I'm looking kind of peeking into the future uh, here, you know, two, three years down the road here. Um, and that might be why, you know, three quarter, four, four quarterbacks if family stays is enough numbers wise. Three if he leaves, which probably still OK. Um, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm usually a fan of a quarterback every class because uh, transfer portal. A guy's hitting the hitting hitting the portal every year now. Uh guy's not really wanting to sit behind and and, and learn and develop. Uh, so I think you need one every class. But I, this one I'm okay with in, in in a transition class. You know, if you got three guys, all these guys stay uh, and, and, and learn from, from from Napier in year one. I think numbers wise it's fine. But after that, you'll definitely need to get back into that rotation of hitting a quarterback every every cycle. Now, if you can go out there and get. Um, uh, a highly rated recorder, quarterback that's willing to come in and learn and, and wait. It's time you go ahead and bring him in. Uh, but I do think uh, that won't be a, a a quick decision. Walker would probably be the only quick one uh, just because there already is a background. There already is an offer from uh, Billy Napier at Louisiana towards him. So there's their familiarity there. So that would not be, while it would may look like a quick decision. Oh, here's this five-star out here. We're just going to offer a five-star. No, there is a background there already uh, and a relationship there already Mm. where that would not be uh, as quick as it looks on the surface.
2: Um, I guess just kind of talking about Napier's history at uh, Louisiana. I know his first class early signing day was I think the first early signing day that they had, um, but he didn't sign any um, one for that class. A lot of people, and I think the maybe Josh, the Cajuns guy you had on the podcast, said you know don't expect Billy to, you know, sign a whole lot of people, and that Billy might you know run some people off, but you know it'll be for the better. You know our team will be tough. You know we're not going to have a soft team anymore. I mean I know it on the surface it probably doesn't look very good but i think in the long run this will be beneficial i mean kind of like bull gator said you know everybody wants culture but when it's time to pay for it you know nobody wants to pay for it
4: yeah i mean look there were i think we because of the evers history uh and you know being such upstanding people that we have gotten to know over these last few months that we probably just didn't expect this, that that's part of it and on the heels of yesterday. But we were given all the warning signs that this could could possibly happen from Napier himself a couple of days in the press conference, from Josh on the podcast, from – from Napier's history at Louisiana of not signing anyone uh, in in that first initial early signing day. And like I said, there's been, there's a couple ways to look at that first one because early signing day, that was the very first year of early signing day. So there was a big learning process, especially for a first time head coach. Now Dan Mullen had been a head coach uh, before at Mississippi state. So rolling in here at Florida, SEC school, SEC school, experience in the conference had being a head coach before. He's a little further along than what Napier was, him taking over a job for the very first time, the very first year in early signing day. You can see why a guy like Billy Napier may want to slow down and kind of learn what's going on about early signing day. So you can kind of get that there. Uh, But yeah, I mean, there was the signs were, were there that this this could be different. This could be a very patient process from what we were being told and all the examples out there from Billy Napier's time at Louisiana.
2: And another thing to look at with that, you know, his first transition class wasn't, I mean, I'll just call it average for lack of a better term. But every year after that, he led the Sun Belt in recruiting. Good point. Um, all three years after. So just because, you know, the transition class isn't isn't the best, I mean, that doesn't really mean anything. As Bill Sykes, you know, the five-star nerd says, you know, the bump classes yep. is your greatest um, – that's your greatest view of you know pretty much what a coach will be.
4: Yeah, this class in the grand scheme of things won't mean a whole lot. I mean, go back. Let's go. I mean, let's go look back. I'm going to go look back at Mullins. Um, first class. talked Florida. about
2: that on his show last night, and I think there was. Maybe like seven from his first class that actually ended up playing
4: right. Uh, I know there was uh, a lot of names there that you know never even played a yeah, Chris Steele. uh let's see commitments that's 2018 yeah, still of course <laughs> that was the big one um, So Copeland okay, contributor Richard garage contributor Emory Jones. well we saw we saw that happen there. Justin Watkins. Okay, never played it down for Florida. Kyle Pitts, n- no more needs to be said there. Uh, Mari Bernie. okay, contributor. Trading, contributor. Damian Pierce, contributor. Lucas Kroll, okay, you got a couple years out of him, but not a big-time contributor. Had some big plays, but consistently not a big player for Florida. Uh, Chatfield, uh, going out of the class. Uh, David Reese, outside linebacker, has not contributed at all for Florida. Malik Langham. Nothing. Iverson Clement, nothing. Noah Banks, John Huggins, Chris Blythe, Randy Russell, uh, unfortunately, uh, was not able to do much uh, for, the, for, for the class, you know, for a medical condition. Dante Zanders, Griffin McDowell, Evan McPherson. So oh, there yes. you go. I mean, there's your transition class for Dan Mullen out right there. And not, uh, not a whole lot. Besides Kyle Pitts and Damian Pierce trading to a point as well. Not a whole lot of substance in that class. Sure. Get the same All right, guys. Any other path you want to go with this?
5: Yeah, I'll jump in real quick, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just another thing to keep in mind is that this class was already not good. Like th- this class was, good you know, point. ranked near near the 30s. Um, the players that were on this class were fringe takes for for UF. I mean, I, I don't see a lot of folks that would have contributed. Um, I think we maybe had three or four guys at the very top of the class. You know, like Nick Evers, who who you know we, we did I think could have contributed and done really well here. Um, but overall this has not been a good recruiting class this recruiting class needed to be purged um, and there are still guys that are you know officially committed as of today that still need to go so I, I know you know I personally don't expect Jaden Gibson to be in the class I understand that um, I understand Nick Evers decommitting you know and we'll we'll kind of hear what his family um, shares with us but I understand that there's a lot of instability in this class. And, and I know Corey Bender had spoken with Derek last night. And one of the things that he mentioned was, you know, hey, we are still scheduled to officially visit, but we do kind of want to see what's going on with the rest of the class. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that instability probably played a, a pretty major factor. Um, you know, we can't expect Nick Evers to stay in the class when nobody else really knows what's going on.
4: I mean, looking at the current, this
5: class and- needed to be purged.
4: Yeah, and, and looking at the current commits, Chris McClellan, the, one of the most recent commits, is the one is still one of the only ones Napier has met with, and that was the first day, uh, Chris McClellan getting that visit there, the defensive lineman from Oklahoma uh, there. But like I said, the visit doesn't necessarily mean anything, as we saw yesterday. <laughs> but um, you know, there's not many commits that uh, or you know, the commits for this 2022 class that have been visited, and some of them haven't even been contacted yet by Billy Napier.
5: Right. Absolutely. And, and I think that's kind of what we, what we keep an eye on, right. Is, is who, who is the new staff trying to get to campus? Who are they able to, you know, get to commit to, to uh, an official visit to come, you know, come on site and, and meet the new staff and things like that. Um, but this class needed to be purged. I mean, the, there's just really no other way around it. You know, we, we've got a offensive tackle commit that weighs all, you know, 200 pounds that plays basketball is still on the commit list. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Uh, everybody needs to relax. We we can't, you know, be tweeting scared money, don't make money for three straight weeks. And then, you know, at the first sign of something that is different to us or a a reshuffling of the board, you know, ever, I understand that, you know, we've got trust issues. (laughs) We've got trust issues. Um, But everything, everything is, is going according to plan. And I was one of the first people that was off the Mullen train and was trying to get him out of here. So I'll certainly call it like I see it, but, I think this class needed to be purged. I do hate to see Evers go because of, of how great his family is and, and how high his ceiling is. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're not every family's not going to vibe with a new coach. You know, and I'm sure a lot of, you know, they're really intelligent people and great human beings. So I'm sure they did not take that decision lightly. But the rest of this class, you know, uh, it, it needed to be purged. And this is just kind of part of the growing pains.
4: Yeah. There's going to be some growing pains uh, with this. And look, I, I get the whole trusting uh, of, because of what's happened recently. Yeah. And, and um, look, we, we, we slammed person. Dan Mullen for his recruiting. He's and if yeah. there's going to be decommits in this class that happens and then, then so be it. I mean, yeah. that's, it is going to be part of the process here. uh, What's going through, um, split. Yeah. Some people are, or everybody else. Uh, The ground to rebuild it. Hey, let Can you, mute your mic, which is
0: totally
4: have to do it for you. What we have to the ground, like everything. There it is. Sorry about that guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we slam Dan Mullen for his recruiting, we, you know we then I think we, we, we got to take the, the the good with the bad here and and right now early on there's going to be plenty of shuffling moving going on I say we just accept it right now but I do get the whole trust uh part of this um, a lot of people will say you got to earn trust and I think the the fan in a lot of us uh, probably my approach here will be I'll trust you till you give me a reason not to. Um, uh, that, that's probably the fan side of me, uh, more so than the Gators breakdown host side of me. Uh, but I, hey, can you mute Litigator? Uh, yeah, no, his, he's still not muted. no, he's muted on my end. So I guess y'all got, I guess y'all can still hear him. I, I, I thought he, he's I thought now. Yeah. 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 Yes, we can
1: mute other individuals.
4: Yeah. Uh, you can click on the person's
6: name and mute them. So you don't hear them if they yeah, have their it, mic on.
4: My side, it it mutes on my end, so I'm sorry, guys. Uh So at least for the recording, it'll be good. I didn't know it did not mute for all of you uh there. So um did, just do the. Dave, you, sh- do you the should right be click. able to
3: server mute people too.
4: Oh yeah, let me see. Oh yeah, I see it. okay, yep, yep, yep. I see it. Yeah. There we go. I appreciated litigator's explanation
1: of all the problems of University of Florida to either his wife or his son. <laughs> to. Uh, is
4: yeah. that? Is that is that good now, guys?
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's good
2: now, but no, I agree with him. Um, Just a question, I guess, for you, Dave. Yeah, Um, You just mentioned, you know, kind of watching who the staff goes after that they've not contacted some of the wide receivers. If you look at Napier and, you know, kind of how he likes to run his offense, it's very run, I guess, centered. And he even mentioned that in the press conference, you know, wanting to control the trenches and stuff like that. The first two people he went to meet, you know, were Mm -hmm. ETN and Citizen. I mean, that's the first two, you know, guys he went after. I mean, two really good running backs out of Louisiana. Do you think that has anything to do with, I mean, maybe some reshuffling in this? Maybe he doesn't see some of these guys' as scheme fits. Yeah. Maybe not, like, personality fits. Because I think that's something that maybe, I don't know, people aren't really looking at. If he- you look, I mean, they run the ball, I think it was 60-40, you know, on how much they run the ball. Everyone on their team, I think this year averaged over five yards of carry. Um, that was a running back, not a quarterback. I think their quarterback averaged less. But I mean, kind of going along that, you know, the first two guys he went after were running backs.
4: Yeah. Um, and look, there's another part of that too, those guys being from Louisiana. So probably still more of a familiarity with those guys. So that's where, that's where he went first. Now, of course, we eventually, and we all want to see it, eventually, you know, the state of Florida recruiting has to, matter, and and, and those visits and and, and those offers need to start happening as well. Uh, But go into familiarity with guys he's probably already known, guys he's probably already um, scouted, done all of his research, evaluated. Trevante Citizen, uh, you mentioned, he is a top 100 running back, 6 foot, 217 pounds, so not small by any means there uh, for, for a running back. And Trevor Etienne, Five 10 200. So a little bit of a different uh, build there. And uh, look, ETN was somebody we, we had heard from this previous staff anyway, and a lot of connection there. His brother, of course, who played at Clemson, is now in Jacksonville, so right up the road from Gainesville. And he even mentioned it in an interview this week, I believe, after – uh, the Billy Napier visits. Hey, my brother's right up the road. There's a connection there. Uh, we, we'd be a lot closer to my brother. So I think that's uh, you know something to, to to look out for there. But yeah, I mean, two of the first visits were big time top 100, top 200 type running backs uh, there. And look, that is going to be the style of this offense, I think, initially of uh, of what Billy Napier is going to bring in. I think because of first of all, if he's already identified this Florida team in any kind of way most people think A.R. is going to be the guy next year. So, okay, that's very similar to what he's run at Louisiana the last four years with Levi Lewis. A very similar spread-em-out power run uh, style of offense. And I think for right now, that's what he's walking himself into. So I can see... Uh, you, know, you can see the signs there of you know, trying to build the team in that image for, I think, somewhat of an easier transition. And if we are eventually going to see more of a pocket-style passer, if we are going to eventually see uh, more of an open attack offense, if he, if he wants to go that route, then it will eventually go that way. But initially, right away, I think we're going, to see, we're going to see some offensive linemen being offered. We're going to see some running backs being offered to go more towards that power run style.
6: Yeah, Dave. That's that's kind of what I posted in in the Discord this morning. It's like if the words that previous coaches and anybody that knows Billy Napier as a man and as a, as a coach has described him as you know organized, calculating, strategic. And if yeah, you look none at none of this what is by, doing,
4: none of this is by mistake.
6: No, it's not. And it's, if you look at what like just to piggyback on what you know a couple of, you and a couple of guys said. If you listen to what he said in his press conference and then follow what he's actually doing, like two big, like, physical offensive linemen, you know, went and saw a McClellan committed while he was, you know, right before he was actually announced, but he was on board and visited him. And then we offer a big defensive lineman that just committed to Georgia. You know, so it's like, if you look, he's putting an emphasis on the lines of scrimmage, which is what he said in his press conference, and what we need at the University of Florida. Um, And those two running backs that was already talked about, like, that's what he wants to do. And I don't think it's a shock to anybody. I mean, I know it's, you know, like sticker shock because, you know, a class wasn't that great anyway. But then you, you, lose, you lose two guys and it drops down even further. But to me, it's like we all wanted to, you know, everyone was on board with cleaning house and coaches. And, you know, but we're, you know, fan base is going to melt down because, you know, we're not keeping the players at that, that, that. We all wanted gone, evaluated and, and wanted at the, at the at UF. I, I just... I can't have it both ways, but I just, uh, I like what he's doing. I, I like, uh, you know, not not a knock on Everett or anything like that, but, you know, I'm sure Napier was, you know, shocking, honest with the kid and let him know what his plan was moving forward. And, you know, um, I'm sure he's, like I said, he's very calculated and strategic and he has, you know, a plan in place and what he wants to do and uh, just patience.
4: Yeah, I mean, we don't really have a choice in the matter either. <laughs> so we're going to have to, we're going to have exactly. to see, yeah, you know, we're going to have to see how this goes out. And I mean, granted, you know, we didn't have a choice in the matters of what Dan Mullen was doing either. But, um, you know, so I guess, you know, there is a, there is a reasoning for voice and displeasure and all that, which, you mm-hmm. know, I've, I've always said that as well, you know, don't shy away from, from speaking your mind. Not everybody's going to agree. Uh, The the best thing uh, about this platform and, you know, Twitter and and, and this platform uh, that we have here in Discord is everybody, you know, speaking their mind and and coming up with opinions and everybody valuing those opinions uh, there. So I think uh, that's where, you know, we're we're coming at for this. But, yeah, no, I I don't have a problem with, you know, voicing the displeasure uh, there. But, you know, just as long as there's sound reasoning for it. Uh, when yeah. we, we, we go for that, so I, I get the worry. This come a, also because of coming off the heels of what we just come off of with, with Dan Mullen, and you know I, I know that um, you know re- recruiting is a big part of it. What we've kind of slammed him for, and when anything doesn't go in a positive manner, uh, we're gonna fall back on that. And and, and the staff hires and and, and the hiring guys from Louisiana. I get it, I get it. But as I said, I. I, I like as with Dan Mullen, I had those questions of recruiting early on as well. He was a guy I wanted. He was a guy I wanted hired. Uh, I had a belief in Dan Mullen until, was like, okay, here's what I know needs to happen. I'll trust him till I see it not happening, and that's pretty much how it played out. Support, 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 support till things start going bad, and then recruiting, which is one of the, the biggest worry I had. When, you know, when we kept seeing the results of not being able to keep up with Alabama, and Georgia, and, and there's other programs there. You know, that's when we can start – we could voice worry and concern before, but then we could really start you know, hitting home uh, of the issues and, and how it played yeah. out. Uh, I'm going to do the same thing here. I, I, I get the worry. Uh, I do. But uh, there's also yeah. going to be the support up until I actually see yeah. the, the worry results play out.
6: Exactly. I'm going to switch gears real quick. Have you heard any uh, more updates on potential coaching staff? Are we still looking at the same guys? I know there was like yeah, pretty a bunch much of spiders. The- bunch of cider smoke yesterday and i was just like I don't yeah
4: know. <laughs> um keep an eye on that one for sure uh, I, I hear some good things as far as that one goes as well but uh i've also hearing miami is going to make a push for him as well uh so something to look out for there but i think that decision might be made pretty quick man uh, cider don't want to wear no adidas that, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> good point uh so I think from what I heard, it would be maybe wide receiver position for Florida and his traditional running back for Miami, if that's the way it plays out. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but that, that smoke is out there. That smoke is real. Um, so I, you know, you hope cider, if he's going to be on staff, uh, I <laughs> hope that decision comes soon. That would make, that would send some shockwaves in the state of Florida. Uh, and uh, I think around the country a bit too, uh, just knowing that Florida got a guy they've had on staff before had a reputation for a good recruiter and now going to come in with a staff of a reputation of, of good recruiters as well. Uh, so that would, that would send some, send, send some good shockwaves there. Uh, Rob sale, offensive line there from New York giants, that name still being floated around, floating around out there as far as that hire goes. And we know there's going to be two offensive line coaches for Florida. Uh, so that's what one to look out for there. Um, DC Tosh Lapoy, or I won't necessarily say co defensive co defensive coordinator with Tony. I don't know yet, but cut, co- LaPoi's name is definitely coming up, um, at least for the defensive line position. I would assume co-defensive coordinator as well. I'm not really sure about that. I don't know where everything stands on the the Doug Belt thing. That's kind of died down a bit. Haven't heard a whole lot uh, from that side. I didn't really hear a whole lot aside from that. I know it was a report that was out there and somebody we all wanted anyway. I don't I, I don't even know for sure if there was any, ever, ever any contact as far as that one goes. I just know that was a name that was thrown out there. Uh, as far as that staff member goes, for uh, maybe the, the defensive coordinator, I don't know with Tony being a co-defensive coordinator if that plays into everything and who they're going to target, who they're going to get, what kind of big name they can get for for, for that position. Uh, but those are the names that are, are you know being floated out there right now as far as some of the the recent smoke, if you want to call it that.
6: Yeah, I mean, I think if you put Sider and, and Lapoy on the staff, uh, I think fans fans will chill out with the recruiting.
4: And, you know, and, that, and that's probably part of it. You know, right now there's just so much change with the staff and being kind of bare-bones staff right now. And then all the, the – what we see on the trail bit right now with some decommitments and not necessarily – you know, you're not going to gain commitments right away anyway. So it's just more about the the <laughs> the, the decommits and the, uh, and the coaching changes that have so far been made. <laughs> uh Bullgator, i did you have to put in the chat if you want to get back in you were making a whole lot of noise there so i did server mute you I, I definitely don't want to keep you muted forever uh but if you do end up having something to say just let me know into the chat and i'll uh i'll unmute you but uh there was a, a lot of noise going on there another question no it looks kind of um bad from the
2: outside but we've also got to think you know our team isn't horrible You know, we played Alabama really close early in the year. I mean, not trying to, I mean, no moral victories, nothing like that. But a coach that comes in that can, you know, maybe I don't want to say toughen up the players, but, you know, get them to buy into a system. And if he can implement his system, you know, there's a lot of talent on this team and a lot of talent that we've not seen because previous coaching staffs had a, I'll just say a certain way about, you know, playing guys and, you know, who sees the field. But there's still a lot of talent on this team. I mean, not at the level of Alabama or Georgia or, you know, where we eventually would hope to be. But we're not a, you know, desolate fan base, you know, hoping to win four games next year. You know, we still have a lot to look forward to.
4: Yeah, um, that comes also you know, after yesterday, you know, speak, so speaking to that as well, you know, all of SEC was announced yesterday, first and second team, no Gator players uh, on that first and second team. Now, Kyrie Elam, maybe uh, as far as, you know, missing some time, maybe would he eventually have been picked by the coaches to be uh, on, on that list, you know. Um, I do think there are some good players on this team. I think they can may possibly be a good team, but I, I still think Florida's missing that the, the, the difference makers, you know, who, who are you really going to point to uh, that can be, um, you know, the, the big time difference maker on, on the team. Hopefully AR is that guy. Hopefully it'll be somebody. I think we can kind of maybe somebody's going to have to prove to be that person. Like, I don't think we can sit here and say right now with any that there's one currently on the roster that you're going to look at and say, all right, we already have one. I think you can pinpoint to say that guy needs to be one uh, for for, for next year's team. So I do think it's a good team. I think there are some good pieces, uh, but I'm like, where's the top end talent on this team? Where are the difference makers? Uh, Maybe that's something, you know, something Billy Napier has to identify starting in spring practice.
7: Yeah, you call him out, uh, DeMarcus Bowman, as a guy that uh, needs to be one of those guys next year. Right, right. You know,
4: well, I mean, if you know, if the the style of offense is any indication of what we're going to see here, uh, from there, you you hope it be, would be a running back uh, that that could be a big difference maker uh, for this team. Uh, quarterback with AR as well, of course. You know, so I do think um, receiver. I think has has some guys. I think there's some good guys there. I'm still worried about who's the who, who's the difference maker at receiver. I, I is it somebody with the high recruiting profile of dick Xavier Henderson? Can he prove to be that guy? I don't think we've seen it yet. The potential I would say might be there. But I I just I don't know defense Gervin Dexter, maybe maybe he grows into that. I think he's a I think he's a really good player. I wouldn't call it a difference maker right now. Um, anybody in the secondary, uh, Rashad Torrance, maybe uh, Tyron Hopper, maybe he's that guy next year as well. So I think there's guys that we can point to, to sit here and say, okay, they're, they're, there's the guys you can build around. There's, there's, some, there's some good pieces. Are they the difference maker? And hopefully that's what this, this staff can do is bring those guys that we're going to point to as, difference, as potential difference makers, turn them into difference makers.
2: Yeah, I guess that's what I was meaning more. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that this team is, you know, a 10-win team just with a new coach, but there's still a lot of pieces on there. It's not like he's taking over a –
4: Yeah, Bubba, going going to your point there, like, okay, this team itself, what, seven, eight wins worth? And then you get the difference makers, okay, there's your eighth win, there's your ninth win, there's your tenth win, if those guys can pan out to be those type of players.
2: Yeah, we had no buy-in this year, and we were – I mean – as our standards, you know, we were a horrible team this year and we still went 500. You know, we were 6-6. and It's – it definitely seemed bad. And, I mean, 2-6 and in the SEC is awful. I mean, I'll just put it how it is. Right. But, I mean, there are – like you said, you know, there's no proven, you know, difference makers on the team. But there's a lot of guys who potentially, you know, could be coached up and, you know, like who's to say, you know, like you said, you know, Gravon or Jason Marshall or, oh, or, yeah, there, there, or there was a, that's
4: a back I was leaving out.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guys who could be that guy and I'm not saying any of them will be or could be, but I just think there's a lot of, I guess, hope. It's not like he's taken over a roster that's, you know, recruited in the fifties, you know, for, you know, 10 years straight. I mean, we definitely not recruited well, but there's some pieces that I think, you know, he could use and then, you know, not this class, but you know, further recruiting classes, you know, he can build off of what's here already.
4: You know, Given the kind of offense he wants to run, I guess, you know, the worry would be if he wants to run that power scheme and, 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 and building the trenches, does Florida have the trenches to do that right away? That that's my, especially on offense. Uh, and then you got to hit the portal on defense. I, I, again, I think for the middle of the defense, um, you know, so that's something to look out for there as well. Uh, so I think, you know, it's his approach to this offense. How much can he adjust to the talent that he has? And will he have the ability to adjust as much as we might want him to because of, I think, the lack of trenches. I mean, this offensive line, I, I, once again, some good pieces but uh, there's no difference maker on the offensive line either. Hopefully, Ethan White can be healthy and play a whole lot. Maybe Josh Bryan, once he moves back to the right side, is more of a – or wherever this this new staff sees him and can develop him, but there's going to need to be – for his style of offense to work right away, if he's going to run that style of offense, there needs to be a whole lot of development in a short amount of time in the trenches, and that usually doesn't happen.
7: Yeah, I think you hit on another point. It also could be a struggle though, and that's kind of the buy-in aspect. I mean, if we're if the sky is falling over the loss of uh, one commit, what's going to happen when he starts shifting his focus to the team and and trying to get those guys to buy in? And and we start seeing players hit in the transfer portal who maybe aren't I want to say maybe not mentally tough, but maybe just aren't the right fit for for his program. I mean, it's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to watch the reactions for and then, too.
4: Yeah. And, you know, part of that, too, um, you know, you heard, uh, sorry, guys, I got some yard work going on outside. So I don't know if you can hear that or not. Um, the, I uh, lost my train of thought there. Um, oh, yeah. Jacob Copeland last night on the Twitter spaces, you know, he, you can already tell he's not fully bought in. You know, he's already out there saying to the whole fan base out there on Twitter spaces that, hey, this isn't the Sun Belt. You know, this is exactly. Uh, yeah, this is this is the SEC, and we saw that um, uh, we saw that put out there as well from oh, who was the there was a guy De yeah, Reynolds. Reynolds. yeah Reynolds yeah posted that basically yesterday as well, and Jacob Copa responded to that, so I think that's probably where the thought come in that he already had that thought in his mind of um, of that of that comparison. And so look, there's already not there's already at least based on an initial meeting, which granted is only 30, 45 minutes on Sunday. The initial buy in is not there for everybody yet. Uh, And there is going to be and we already know this, the accountability, the performance on the field, uh, the go back to the South Carolina game in Columbia. I'm sorry, I I don't like to label players as as quitting and, and all that. But there was not a complete effort. In every single game this year, it wasn't that that's the the harsh reality of uh, of all this, so there's going to be a culture change, and not everybody's going to buy in, man y'all playing on me because I got a yard guy. This is actually the very first time. <laughs> I've never paid for yard work until today, so there's a perfect timing there. Y'all can all hit, hit me hard on that one. So,
2: <laughs> Speaking of culture change, you know, it might be hard, but and maybe Napier's isn't the right one, but we needed a shift some way, you know, a different direction than we were going.
4: Yeah. Oh, here, here's one more topic of this whole Everest thing, and I'll probably wrap it up with this. And I want your guys' thoughts on this. A lot of people are already comparing it to the Matt Corral situation. Uh, Dan Mullen comes in, does not want Matt Corral, brings in Emory Jones. We know how that turns out. Ultimately, and I've talked about this before, Matt Corral is not going to hang out for as long as Emory Jones hung out and wait his time anyway. So I don't think that full comparison holds water. But at least the recruiting process comparison looks like it's going to play out that way. Uh, Does the whole Corral, Emory Jones situation really resonate with you guys at all?
3: Depends not, on who else it is. Right. Not not me as much. Matt Corral had a lot of off-field stuff going on around that time. And McIlwain, I guess, was willing to take a chance. And so it was whoever the coach at Ole Miss at the time was. But I guess Mullen wasn't, it, it, you know, in hindsight, it's twenty twenty, But he did have a lot of issues off the field.
4: It was that uh, Matt, Matt Luke at Ole Miss at the time, right, I think was the –
3: yeah, I just couldn't remember his name. Yeah. He was
4: at Georgia now. Yeah, right. So I yeah. see that comparison thrown out a lot.
2: And Corral also didn't look nearly as good until Kiffin got there.
4: I was about to say that. I think everybody kind of forgets his first season as well. Yeah, he threw a lot of picks. Yeah, and well, honestly, he threw a lot of picks last year as well before this yeah. year. You know, everybody was looking for that potential step, and I had his my first – my first SEC quarterback at SEC media days. Like, I, I did see the potential there, but there there was still a lot of questions there. I don't think, any, as you said, Lane Kiffin really unlocked uh, a lot of, and, and Jeff Libby really unlocked a whole lot of Matt Corral.
2: Yeah, and I don't know how much, it's always been the notion that, you know, Dan flipped Emory from OSU, but from what I've always heard, you know, it was more of a urban kind of, I don't know if Urban knew he was going to be there long term. He knew the room was crowded. He knew Emery probably wouldn't play. Dan was the first guy to offer him, and Urban kind of did Dan a solid and, you know, kind of helped him towards Dan.
4: Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think that was a complete Ohio State wanting to keep him. I guess it looks like some people's mics are not working in here. So. I'm going to unserver server mute litigator just in case. But all right. <sighs> all right. I think that will do it, guys. Thank you so much. Hey, I know it was Hey, Dave. Yeah, go ahead. Lit- go ahead.
3: <laughs> litigator. Litigator's talking to you. And okay. I don't I don't think you heard him.
4: I did not because, like I said, there was a whole bunch of noise going on there. So, uh, litigator, I'm sorry. I did did have the server mute you for the benefit of everybody. Everybody was hearing conversations and what was going on there. I see your mic's muted now. If you have a chance of getting in here, unmute. I didn't hear you. I saw your mic was unmuted. I didn't hear either. So, I don't know if there's some issues going on with this. You might have it personally muted, too, still. Yeah, I'd unlock that as well. So, I don't Mm. know what's going on.
3: I think he was just apologizing to you, but oh, okay, okay, just want okay. to make sure
4: you heard him. Oh, good. Okay. I did not. It was like David Soderquist was having some mic like, issues as well, but it was like, you know, some of you guys are fine, so I'm not really sure what's, what's going on there. Uh, I got to unmute my Gator, my buddy Gator DK from the last time he was, he said he was hanging Christmas lights from the last time. I did time. want to throw
3: one more thing out here before it's like off topic of what we were just talking about, but... Um, if you look at the way Saban has built some of his staffs at Alabama, he moves coaches around a lot, maybe positions that they don't have as much experience at. Like he had Jeremy Pruitt coaching inside linebackers a couple of years, and he's always coached DBs. So if there's guys that Napier really likes, he'll he'll probably stick them in a spot, if they're willing to coach that position, obviously. But the, the cider thing just made me think of that.
4: Yeah, yeah. Saying you know, something to – I think, you know, we, we'll, we'll really see how, I mean, I've always been told Cider would love to be back at Florida uh, when um, the whole thing with, you know, Mullen, it just it didn't work out then. Um, and, and, you know, Mullen was not the easiest guy to work for either, but I had always heard the entire time that, you know, Cider could get the right opportunity to be back at Florida, he would take it. So hopefully this is that.
0: And Dave, real quick, before we finish, can you, uh, for at least like the best of your knowledge, can you go over where you expect uh, Napier to go today? As far as like what recruits he's going to visit and where?
4: Uh, you know what I, I? I don't know right offhand. Um
0: uh, like Shamar James at Alabama. IMG. Yeah,
4: I thought this, I thought Shamar was happening late yesterday, but
2: I could Napier's be... going to IMG today. IMG is today is the word. Okay.
6: I yeah, I don't know who he's to, going to see
2: or what, but that's what people are saying anyways.
6: Yeah. And he's going to IMG for Kamari Wilson. Can
4: you guys hear me? Yep, gotcha. Oh,
6: yeah, Dave, I was just going to ask, man, because, uh, you know, about – I fell asleep around the time that you did last night too, so I woke up to a surprise. Um, I was going to ask, uh, what do you think that conversation like was between Napier and Nick? Do you think uh, maybe Napier was like, hey, you know, I'm going another direction, or do you think Nick just ultimately decided to –
4: I don't think it was Evers wanting to go into a, a different direction. Uh, I just think the conversation was had, is, uh, and I spoke mostly about this at the beginning, but you know, I think timing could come into play if he wanted to be an early enrollee and, and, and Billy will kind of wants to hold off on guys coming in, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, I think that can be a part of it. If the Evers are dead set on wanting to go somewhere early as an early signee, Then maybe that timing opportunity is not at Florida. Maybe it is a system fit. Maybe Billy, uh, you know, said, "Hey, you can come, but I am going to pursue the other quarterbacks. There will be another quarterback in this class, or there could be another quarterback in this class." Uh, Maybe Evers did not, you know, and and the family didn't like that aspect of it either. So I, I, I don't necessarily know. As I said, I'm hoping to have a conversation with his mom Monica at some point this morning. Uh, So I will be able to shed more light on what she will allow me to share. I'm not going to share anything she tells me not to. uh, But it's. uh, hopefully, I will give everybody some more clarification on that today. 30
7: minutes ago. Huh? Didn't she say last?
0: Were you? Oh, I couldn't tell. You were... You were...
7: Didn't Monica say last night that she was handing her son off to uh, yeah. Napier in a few weeks, too? That was kind of odd. Yeah, so,
4: so I, I do think ultimately this decision came from Nick. Like, it does sound like he... Like, they met... And there was some time that went by, and I do think ultimately, I think Nick could have come to the decision, you know, hey, um, I want to rethink this. And then they all came to the decision together as a family after probably meeting together. So that's what I I want to get the process. That's just kind of how I think it played out. After hearing all the interviews, I do think, you know, Nick maybe ultimately came to the decision that uh, it may be time to move on. All right, guys, I will have to call it there uh, if anything else happens. You know, we'll update it here in the Discord uh, chat. But we're about an hour here, so good stuff there. Glad you guys, i knew on short notice, were able to jump in uh, and, and handle this with me. So, everybody, thank, thank you me. so much for being Gators Breakdown Plus members. I'm going to put this out for everybody out there. If you're not Gators Breakdown Plus members, uh, you can go join at gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm uh, and join this great community that we have here. A lot of you a lot, a lot of voices you heard today, very active in that discord chat uh, and, and you get that kind of communication, that kind of conversation all day, every day. So everybody, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.